Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Jim, I hope this is the only time we ever have to do a tag team rumble. Why? <laughs> I never liked the rules of a tag team battle world, but we'll get into that a little later. I mean, it's it's... It's the same rules. I would even argue that this Royal Rumble is one of the more cut-and-dry Royal Rumbles, actually. All right. Meaning there were no shenanigans, there was none. I'm going to steal your number, our manager's allowed at ringside, I don't know, maybe... uh, uh, Like I said, there's... I don't know, maybe you'll change... I'll change my mind in regards to that, but you want to talk about a Royal Rumble with no hype. This is the yeah. epitome of that. Oh my God. Um, yes. Why don't you introduce our guest? We do have a guest, despite this being a very short Royal Rumble. Yes, we do have a guest. He is a co-host of Between Two Beards, the Between Two Beards podcast. So let's welcome in at this time, Pluggo. What's good, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here. And you weren't kidding, man. This was a very short and to the point Royal Rumble, but hey, we're here. We'll talk about it. Now, Paco, before we start here, why don't we talk real quick about your fandom and um, for pro wrestling in general? What promotions have you followed? When did you start watching? What are you following now? Give us a overview of. Oh. All that is Pluggo, I guess you would say, regarding pro wrestling. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I've been a fan, I think, my whole life, like most of us out there. Um, You know, and I kind of took, you know, a little bit of time off when I was older, you know, had other things going on. And then, believe it or not, I had kids. And when you have kids and you're in your 20s and you got to stay home, wrestling's always on, right? So I fell back in love with the sport. Just diehard fan. I'm a, My favorite wrestler of all time is CM Punk, easily. So him being back in wrestling is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I follow the WWE, AEW. New, uh, I don't follow as much New Japan. I almost said New Japan. I meant to say NWA. I follow them. Uh, pretty much wrestling. I just follow wrestling. Like It's the best sport in the world, in my opinion, hands down. Because... Everything about it, from the storytelling to the matches, it's all subjective and it's all nuance and it's all, you may not like a certain wrestler and I may love a certain wrestler and it sparks great debates and nobody's really wrong because again, like I said, I believe wrestling is subjective. So for me, I'm a huge fan of just all of it. Bill, one of the things we do on this show before the Rumble. Well, we talk about pre-Rumble stuff, but mm-hmm. guess what? Uh, I watched this whole episode, and this Rumble was almost non-existent from what I could tell, meaning there was nothing said about it and except for our announcers, Jim Ross and uh, I believe it was Michael Cole. Yeah, it was Michael was it Jerry Cole. Was it? it was Michael Cole that started. Oh, that's right. There was the two sets, I guess. I guess that's how much I was, like kind of thrown off by it, but mm-hmm. right before the before the Royal Rumble, that's when it was said, oh, and when we come back from break, a tag team Royal Rumble. Right. Not like there was some big hype up, no 
oh, what team drew one and two? What team is the last team to come in? Nothing like that. And I was a little surprised by that. Um, so usually we talk about pre-Rumble stuff, but there was none. But what also we talk about is what else was going on in the wrestling world at this time? Bill, what else was going on? Who were the champions? Tell us right now. Okay, well, fortunately, we do not have 87 titles to go through, so this will be a little <laughs> bit quick. So we'll start off with WWF. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the WWF champion. The Intercontinental champion is The Rock. The European champion is Triple H. And the WWF tag team champions are the New Age Outlaws that's going to be important to remember when we talk about this match. For WCW, the night before, they had the Great American Bash pay-per-view. So uh, Hulk Hogan is the WCW world champion. Goldberg is the United States champion. Uh, Booker T regained the WCW television titles. I'm surprised it's his fifth reign as the TV champion. That surprises me. The tag champions are Sting and Kevin Nash. And the cruiserweight champion is Chris Jericho. And in ECW, Shane Douglas is the world champ. The television champion is Rob Van Dam. And the ECW tag team champions are Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Now, uh, as far as storylines go, obviously the big one is Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're in the er early, not early stages, but we're almost to like peak point, I think, of this rivalry. And Kane recently won the right to challenge Stone Cold for the WWF title at the King of the Ring. And speaking of the King of the Ring... The King of the Ring tournament is going on uh, at this time. And we're going to talk about that because there are a couple of qualifying matches that happen on this Raw. And we've got a, a feud that's starting to really gain some momentum between DX and The Nation. As that is really starting to hit, you know, hit in the full gear. Now, Paul, let me ask you this. Do you remember this time period? And Bill, actually, I don't think we said it yet. What was the date of this event exactly? June 15th, 1998. So, Paul, what were you doing on that day? Oh, this is easy. No brainer. So, for, for Plugo, for me, back in this day, I am currently, I would be sitting in front of the TV. I had a brother and a sister. But one TV in the house. This is how old I am, right? 98. I'm in elementary school. And you're waiting. And I'm waiting until 8 o'clock. I was a WCW guy. Mm -hmm. And the reason I was a WCW guy was because it was on an hour earlier and it was an, and it was an hour longer. Back then, Raw was 9 to 11. So I would flip between the two, but I always caught the first hour of WCW. The, the Goldberg story, the NWO. I was an NWO guy. My brother was... Uh, Wolfpack guy, you know, I'm sure we've broken quite a few couches in our day trying to do sure. all these moves. Um, this particular Royal Rumble, as I searched for it, I couldn't find it initially 
because they, like you said, there was no build to this thing. There was a tag match right before this that I thought was part of it, and it was not, with uh, Shamrock and Severin versus uh, The Nation. And I was just like, so yeah, Monday night, I'm flipping through, trying to stay up as late as I can. My mom's like, oh, you got to go to bed, you got to go to bed. No, I got to... I gotta see what's going on in the wrestling world because this was the this was the, the best that maybe not the best era of wrestling. I currently think this is the best era of wrestling, but like the, that was like you water cooler for kids, right? You go to school the next day. You see what Stone Cold did to Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. You see what NWO was doing. Like this was the height of just talking about the sport. I think it's interesting that you said because I agree with you that at one point I was questioning if I was even watching the right show. Because there was nothing that said during the entire show about a tag team Royal Rumble. Exactly. And about an hour in, I was like, oh, did I watch the right one? Like, well, let me watch it through and see what happens. Bill, did you feel that way at all? Or did you like know, oh, yeah, you remembered this and you know it was the right one? No, I didn't watch the whole show, but I was watching bits and pieces of it. And I was looking to see if they put up like... Later tonight, we're having a tag team Royal Rumble. And I kept looking for it the whole time. And then when we got to the, or when I got to the tag match, like Pluggo said, that's when they said it. And I'm like, wow. And they even said it's the first ever tag team Royal Rumble, right? So mm-hmm. they did, they, you know how the WWE loves to promote the first everything. Right. This one, they were fun. just like, offhandedly, Ross was like, yeah, coming up next, our first tag team Royal Rumble. <laughs> So, Bill, this is going to be interesting because it's going to be short. Probably our shortest ever, maybe not episode, I'm not really sure what that would entail, but certainly a Rumble match. We go through five and then five like we usually do, but there's only ten teams. Right. And the intervals are announced at 30-second intervals, Bill. So what does that mean our intervals are going to be? Our one interval is going to be two and a half minutes. All right. And then there is a final four segment. So we'll get that clock ready for, what was it, two and a half minutes? Two and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, Plunger, do you want anything to add before we get into this Royal Rumble format that's going to be extremely short? Oh, no, let's get into it. Like Yeah, the 30-second thing, that, that threw me. I was like, man, they rushed this, and I... They packed a lot into this episode, man. Like the the steel cage match at the end, you're thinking like the hell in the cell match at the end, I should say. Like they they definitely rushed their first ever installment of the tag team battle royal. I think this might have been the last. I think it was too. The tag team royal rumble, I think so too. (laughs) I've seen several battle royals, no royal rumbles, Mm -hmm. though. And it makes me wonder why they decided to do it this way too i don't know if i have a i have a i have a theory but i don't know if i have a clear answer and because this is so short i don't really know when we would quote unquote look at the rest of the card Mm -hmm. me and bill usually do that on the downtime but this is pretty short already as it is so we'll, we'll see let's see what happens all right bill start the clock and Start with our first five entrants. Okay, and I just want to say real quick, I sure. could not find the order, so I just wrote it as it happened. So I pulled a U there, Jim. Okay. The one and only time I ever had I had to write the list was this one time. <laughs> okay. All right. 
one through five. One, Legion of Doom. Two, Kane and Mankind. Three, The Midnight Express. Four, The Headbangers. Five, The DOA. And I have, during this segment, eliminated no one. They'll start the timer of two and a half minutes. All right. And we start the discussion with Plugo. Go ahead. What did you get from this segment? <laughs> I had forgotten that the Midnight Express made, like, what is that, like their fifth iteration with uh, Bart Gunn and Bob Holly. I was like, oh, wait. When they said Midnight Express, for some reason, my mind instantly went to Cornette coming out with a tennis racket. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they did try to run this back. And then, of course, they ran back the Legion of Doom. Oh, that's a sad... That's a sad group there to talk really, about at this point. I mean, man, that's that dark side of the ring. But Kane and Mankind, man, that's a team. That's a squad. Like, that's a that's tough to beat. And as we'll, no spoilers, but I think they're going to do pretty well in this thing. I mean, it's almost like they made this match specifically for them. Right. Right. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say about the Legion of Doom because... If you were to say this a number of years before, that would have been an amazing match. But yeah, it would have been a huge pop. Everybody would have went nuts. But not so this, much led by this Sonny. Time for the WWE in this era, they were trying to be the Attitude Era, but still try to grasp at some of the nostalgia and keep it going. I mean, they still do that to this day. Now it's not as bad. But you could see, like like I said, with the Midnight Express reiteration and then the Legion of Doom. And then they even go further with the Legion of Doom later on with Draws joining and stuff like that. It's just one of those things where it would have been much bigger years before. But I see why they did it. It's a battle royal. No harm. You can't have a Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. No harm in the Royal Rumble. Have as many uh, fun teams as you'd like, in my opinion. Bill, what do you have for this segment? I got to give WWF credit here. At least they took a commercial break before the match even started. Because in today's WWE programming, they would have started the match and then it would have gone to a commercial like midway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They were smarter about it. Man. And now we go to 6 through 10. 6, Golga and Kurgan. 7, Too Much. 8, Steve Blackman and Farouk. 9, Takamichinoku and Bradshaw. 10, Terry Funk and Scorpio. And I have during this segment eliminated Express, DOA, Oddities, Taka and Bradshaw. Too Much and the Headbangers. Uh, and we're going to discuss this segment before we get to the final four teams. Uh, let's do it again. Plug up. Why don't you start off the discussion? Um, yeah, this, this, now this was the group of teams where I was like, yep, oddities. I remember those guys being different. And like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, who's that weirdo with the Cartman doll? Like, yeah, they're interesting. And then too, too much. There was that, that, that was pretty too cool. Right. So, you know, I love Too Cool, The Worm. That, that's where I learned how to do The Worm, right? So if you knew me in my younger days, you've seen me do The Worm. Can I do it now in my old fatherly age? No, I can't without probably hurting myself. I can tell you that much. Is there any um, video of you doing The Worm out there? there? Luckily for me, I am at the age, gentlemen, where there was not easily accessible camera phones. So 
There's okay. probably no video of me doing that, and it would take a pretty penny to get me to do it again. But <laughs> and then you know, like you got to see Terry Funk. I love Terry Funk. Anytime Terry Funk and Mankind could square off in capacity, you've got my interest. It was, a, it was a good, I mean, that was a good battle royal for what it was. There was not a lot of hype around it. I keep saying battle royal because that's the vibe I get, Because, but this is technically a Royal Rumble, so I apologize, gentlemen, for my slandering of this Royal Rumble. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, just remember this. It's This show is eliminated a Royal Rumble podcast, <laughs> so that'll help you remember. That's um, right. I, have, I here, haven't seen, I haven't seen a... This is the first ever tag team battle royal, a Royal Rumble I've ever seen. It's all battle royals. Yeah, all mm. the time. So, so it just clicks. So I have, it's interesting to see a pre-Insane Clown Posse oddities yes. <laughs> without the song of, you know, everybody come to the greatest show. Right. Uh, I also have Lawler cheering on Brian. I thought that was pretty funny. Where he would yell, somebody help Brian. And when the fuck did Blackman and Farouk team up? I laughed when they came out. Like, holy I was like, crap. I was like, are you the guys who are like, okay, we have nine. But then I was like, I don't remember Taka and Bradshaw either. So where are you getting these teams from? They team one week and you're like, they're in. Right. Steve Blackman, most one of the most underrated wrestlers, in my opinion. I always thought that guy should have been pushed to the moon, as a certain Cameron Grimes says these days. But I would, because I, I like the Lethal Weapon, like low key, one of my favorites. Um, I had to, like, it took me a minute, like those, the biker guys, like, what were they called? Oh, DOA. DOA, I don't remember them for the life of me. They must not have had a great run. But you bring up the Insane Clown Posse, and that makes me laugh because that WCW run that they had was so... Oh, yeah, in 1999, right? Yeah, because uh, they were... With, with Vampiro. It's like, oh, Vampiro. they all face paint. Let's put them together. Yeah, I mean, I li- honestly, I remember they did the song for Vampiro on WCW Mayhem, and I like that song. Speaking of theme songs, Steve Blackman, I think more for me uh, underrated in the theme song department. I love both of his theme songs. Yeah. Both the do-do-do-do-do. And then the other one. Both He's, just one, He's just one of those guys that, like, you look at him and you go, he could kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, if he wanted. Whenever. At any point. Like, it's probably harder for him to not kill you than it would be for him to kill you, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Like Steve uh, Blackman was that dude. I have that Terry Funk has, I think his shirt said Funk You, so I like that. And Bill, why don't you give your notes before we get on to the final? Oh, actually, sorry, your notes and, I mean, was there anything noteworthy that either of you two want to mention about the rest of the show outside of the final four? Um, well, we well first, Bill, your notes, and okay, then... Yeah, my notes. Um, when Too Cool's music came out, and I know I'm going to get a reaction from Jim when I say this, I wrote, I'm not Jerry's kid. Oh, God. <laughs> from the Attitude That's a, video game. Uh, well, not only that, but remember, he's. I feel like Brian Christopher was in the, a couple of Royal Rumbles that they would quasi-mention and mention that he is and he isn't right. Jerry's kid. Um, 
And then at one point, when the countdown is going on, Jerry Lawler's like, another tag team? <laughs> what do you think was going to come out? Uh, and then... Well, it's not like Lawler's been known for his, uh, you know, dynamite chops at the announcing game. Right. <laughs> and then my last note I'm going to mention is let's go Terry for the awesome performance from the 98 Rumble that yes. he did. You guys could check that episode in the archives. I, yeah, I think he's he was one of the heroes, yeah, if he I remember correctly. Heroes. Yeah, this Chainsaw Charlie. Mm-hmm. He went the distance. It's like Hercules. He, he's another one. Of, he's probably he probably could kick my ass if I can say that on this podcast. Yeah, Very I mean I said today. fuck already. Hey. <laughs> It's your show, not mine. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't know. Look, when it comes, no, Terry Funk today could kick my fucking ass if you may, if I may. I I got no shot against that man. He is dangerous. He is deadly. He's he's so I don't know how he's still kicking if he is. He is. Yeah, I thought so, but man, he is. Ugh. Yeah, because you just did that dark side of the ring not too long and, ago. And if you and if you if you're looking for a family from the show of mine check out bill learns kingdom hearts coming on march 28th in 2022 season three um just saying so do you guys have anything you want to bring up uh in in the show like that's outside of this rumble i don't have anything because otherwise i'm going to go with the final four but i want to give you guys a chance to to add something if you wanted to. I mean, the most noteworthy thing I saw was what Sable made her return. And right. Vince forced her to read something. That was about it. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, it's the two qual- King of the Ring qualifying matches that happened on this episode. Okay, um, go ahead. The Rock defeated Vader. <laughs> and in the other one, Triple H defeated X-Pac by Countout, and they were doing backstage uh, segments for that match, and at one point, Triple H goes, I don't have a long nose. That was a lot of fun to watch the DX do their thing and like try to figure out how they were going to scheme the King of the Ring. Right. It's good to see them all together. You forget how much you forget how much they clicked, like as a as a faction, and I think it really showed with all the backstage backstage segments in this show. By the way, I do want to mention also, uh, just to correct myself on my comment, not even five minutes ago, our return is on March twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. It's a Sunday, and March twenty eighth is actually the Kingdom Hearts anniversary. So I got my dates mixed up. Either way, both are family-friendly. Check it out. Uh, that's podcasting.com and on Spotify. We're up to the final four. The final four teams are Kane and Mankind versus Blackman and Farouk versus Terry Funk and Scorpio versus LOD. What do you think of these four final teams before I give the next elimination here? Um. <laughs> Blackman and Farouk trying out for the acolytes. I mean, would you if you, would you have expected this any other way, right? So if they would have announced all these teams beforehand, these probably would have been the four that you would have said would be here. I think they got rid of all the fat. And I don't know. Like, they gave, some, of, they gave us a pretty good run with this four. 
I mean, it was a nice little final four. You can't go wrong. Like I said, Mankind, Terry Funk going at it at any capacity gets me going. I, I mean, I have it on in the background just in case I forgot something. And he's just taking a chair to Funk. And you know Funk is loving every minute of it. I mean, I do kind of feel like by WWE's logic of the big guy, even though we know it's not true, me and Bill, because we've done enough of these, even though we know it's not true, the big guys always have the advantage. I would have thought that Kurgan and Golga would have made it to the final four. Right. You got to remember, though, big guys that are comedy acts. Eh. No, but they weren't yet. This was before the Insane Clown Posse, remember. Did we ever take them see? I don't. I don't ever remember taking them see. Maybe that's just me. Uh, maybe I can't ever look past the whole comedy act with the with you know and selling insane clown posse. But you know, Kurgan and I don't even. What's his name? Golga. Golga. Yeah, oh my god. He held the carbon doll. Yeah, he held the. I just knew him as the guy that held the carbon doll in nostalgia purposes, and I forgot his name. But. Could you imagine? Kane is like the king of the Royal Rumble. So he's the big man that gets all the rub. All the other ones, they get to be thrown out. Which is interesting to say that because I, I do think Kurgan size wise is bigger. You could correct me if I'm wrong. Taller, I mean. Yeah. Because but that's what. Be better than Kane? Probably not. No, but I'm just saying that, like, if you can't say that he's the biggest person there because. No, I said he's, well, he's, he's, the, he's the I big know. guy that gets the rub. Well, Kirby no, but, but, bigger. but I do think there was a moment where, like, think one of the announcers says something that Kurgan's the or that Kane's the big guy in there, and then some, the other one corrects them and says Kurgan's mm-hmm. taller, and that something happens. I don't. This thing went by so quick, so I, I guess I must. <laughs> All right, so we have Animal eliminates Blackman. Kane eliminates. Animal, and we're down to our final two teams of Funk and Scorpio versus Kane and Mankind. What do you think of that two final two? Are you surprised the LOD does not make the final two? Oh, kind of. I, I'm kind of surprised. I, I thought they would have made it to the end, but in a way, I'm kind of glad Terry Funk, you know, in 98 is still getting a good rub here and. He takes a wicked chair shot. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is back when chair shots were just free free for all to do whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. And they don't do that anymore. But, yeah, you know, LOD, it kind of rang true in the Royal Rumble sense that they kind of played up, you know, it's hard to go all the way through, even though this thing is like 20 minutes long tops. (laughs) <laughs> and that might even be stretching it. You know, oh, he, they came in first, so they're probably the most winded team. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know about all that. But I, you can get, you get Scorpio, Scorpion in there and Terry Funk. And, you know, it was to serve a purpose to feed us this main event. So it did what it needed to do. I'm okay with it. Right. Um, and then finally, we have Kane and Mankind win. They are officially the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Usually, during, well, I'm say usually, but we, that's what we're going to do now is we talk about what happened to the winners. They'll, did they get the tag team title shot? They did get the tag team title shot, and they would get it about four weeks later 
on an episode of Monday Night Raw at the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford. This was Shawn Michaels' first appearance since WrestleMania, and he was on commentary the whole night for that show. Um, so Kane and Mankind did get their tag title shot, and they beat the New Age Outlaws to win the titles with some help from D'Lo Brown. I just did the D'Lo Brown head shake because <laughs> D'Lo Brown's the man. I was going to um, say that earlier in the show with the uh, European title. If it wasn't for that, where would D'Lo Brown be? You know, for, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. For the for all of the makeshift teams like Takamishinoku and Bradshaw and you know Blackman and Farouk, there was no nation of domination that you could have put in there. Right. Well, D'Lo and Mark Henry were one of the, one of them out at that point. Well, Mark Henry and Owen wrestled in the match before. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. which was seven again. Seven. That's what threw me about this whole thing. Like, if we're gonna tie a bow on this, like, why not just mm-hmm. take the Severin Shamrock segment with D'Lo? I'm sorry, with Owen and Mark. And just throw them in this thing too. Like, yeah, like, you're right. That would have been like, that would have made it leaps and bounds better. He had a little more star power to it. Not that you needed much more, but like it just would have made the segment make more sense because it's like a tag team match into a tag team Royal Rumble. <sighs> but hey, <laughs> I don't write the show. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you guys, not working in Connecticut, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? So, Bill. What were your overall thoughts since I can't, we already went through all our format again, very short show. (laughs) I promise guys, next episode is the honor rumble and it's going to be longer. A lot longer. But I'll be just a possible quasi spoiler. I don't know if I like it as much. When you say honor rumble, the, the, uh, from G one. Yeah. From ring of honor. And I was, and I was, Add that show so good, so I can see my bias on that one. Oh, um, yeah, good. You wait a minute, so this is gonna be like a real, like, that's a long kind of show. Although, to be fair, the Rum Honor Rumble was the first thing it seemed like, yeah, 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 no. so the crowd was hot for it, and a lot of it. Well, I don't want to give too, too much away, <laughs> but all I know is next episode, me and Bill might be arguing. I think yeah, if he's gonna be biased towards this, I'm probably going to be biased against it because you really get a good feeling about it by the end. Um, This is probably the most forgettable Royal Rumble we will ever do, Jim. And that's I don't think something. that's true. You don't think so? I think there's probably one of these ones that happened on SmackDown that, that we don't remember that we never did yet. Oh, yeah. That would be more forgettable. Now... If we ever wind up doing one of those, where it's going to get put to the test, because one thing's for sure, this is the least hyped Royal Rumble I think we've ever yeah, had. That I agree with. It's almost like Jim Ross didn't even know this was happening, and Vincent Azir was like, "Hey, we're doing the first ever tag team Royal Rumble. Say something now, because we're running out of time." <laughs> it also makes me wonder if WCW was doing something that they held it quiet because they didn't know when they wanted to pull the trigger on it to actually air it. Yeah, let me let me see. I could probably. I mean, you would have to probably look at the 
this is a this is a perfect example of how everybody pretends like the WWE in this era was like leaps and bounds better than it is now, but you, they were still flying by the seat of their pants mm-hmm. back then too. You know what I mean? Like this was very thrown together. Not not again. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. Not the worst match I've ever sat through. That's for sure. They had its good moments, but. You can just tell they kind of were like, let's do this and see what happens. And I, again, I don't think they've ever done it since. Yeah. And they were like, Kane and Mankind need to be the number one contender. And I would even argue, and you, one of you can correct me if, if you think I'm wrong and can point to something else. Is this the first time that WWE as a whole really starts, to, it really starts on this episode starts the whole uneasy allies thing that runs even to today. Because think about it, Kane and Mankind win the thing, but a lot of it's based on, we started the show off with Undertaker and Austin, and then after this rumble and after they're the number one contenders, they do beat the Outlaws, but then they also fight Undertaker and Austin, who are positioned as quote-unquote uneasy allies right. who win the titles, if I'm not mistaken. Can they coexist? But, but I'm saying, though, is this the first case? Is this the trend of a 20-plus-year trend that they can't get away from? Probably. I, I couldn't know without looking back. This is one of those things, though, storyline-wise, if Kane and, uh, Kane and the Mankind are in Vince's back pocket, and he, they beat up Austin and all that. And they're fighting, you know, Taker and Austin here. Why are they putting them through a Royal Rumble to get them into a Hell in a Cell with Austin and Taker? Why not keep them fresh? Right. And then I'll throw <laughs> you mean, one. I'll throw you one better. If I remember again correctly, during the Mankind Kane run, the whole is the Undertaker and Kane in cahoots. While Kane and Mankind have the titles, even then Mankind's like, I don't know where Kane stands, and which eventually leads to Mankind fighting the Outlaws at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and him being by himself, and Kane yeah. basically turns on him there. Yeah. Again, I think this. I think if there's one, I didn't go into this thinking this, but now I really do. If there's one thing that points to the tired. Can they coexist? It's this night that we watched. Are you get? I'm just curious. I have the Nitro results from this night. Do you guys want to know what happened? Well, get, sure. But I mean, what really matters is like the last three matches because that would be where this segment would have been. All right, the last the last three matches of Nitro. The giant. Well, give us the give us the, the rest, but then okay. just say right before. The, and these were the last three matches slash segments. Okay, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Public Enemy defeated Hugh Morris and the Barbarian in a tag team street fight. Chris Benoit defeated Fit Finley. Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Masahiro Chono defeated High and or High Voltage. Canyon defeated Sick Boy. And then your final three matches. All right, here we go. The Giant defeated Chris Adams in 42 seconds. <laughs> I don't even know who Chris Adams is. Uh, he's the gentleman. <laughs> yeah, we're off, to, we're off to a hot start here. 
Kevin Nash and Sting successfully defended the WCW tag titles, beating Harlem Heat. That's a good one. Can they coexist? I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, Kevin Nash and Sting were Wolfpack, weren't yeah, they? The Wolfpack, yeah. Oh, I hated Wolfpack's thing. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and the main event for Nitro, Diamond Dallas Page against Randy Savage in a steel cage match. No contest. It's interesting that they put the Hell in a Cell against the Steel Cage match. The Hell in a Cell would win in terms of like just the name alone. You're like, oh, yeah, because I think this is what not too long before Mankind or after Mankind got thrown off the top, right? This is before Mankind gets thrown. Oh, is this before? Okay, yeah, because they're building the King of the Ring. This is June. That's right. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, interesting that they would go that route since the Mankind thing was after. But if it was before, yeah, no-brainer. You're switching over because Mankind put that thing on the map. Yeah. Everybody right. knows that. No debate there. <laughs> All right, Fuggo, why don't we get get out of here? Why don't you give some final plugs where people can find you, and then uh, I'll give final plugs, and then Bill will get us out of here. And what you thought about the overall tag team Royal Rumble? Well, like you gentlemen said, it was probably the most forgettable Royal Rumble of all time. Let's hope that this podcast is not the most forgettable podcast of your Royal Rumble series of all time. I had a good time. Thank you guys for having me. I am Pluggo on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me at Pluggo underscore. Um, I host a show on the Love Wrestling Network called Between Two Beards Thursday nights at 8.30 with my man, my co-host, my brother, JPJ, who could not be here tonight due to some unforeseen circumstances, but that's okay. We love him anyway. We try to have a lot of fun and goof off and keep it a very loose feel. Just you never know who's going to stop by Between Two Beards. We're always having people pop in and out. We love Spending our boss, Spencer loves money. Blow that budget. That's what we say on our show. So once again, guys, thanks for having me. Like you said, wasn't the greatest Royal Rumble I've ever seen. But you know what? It was nice to reminisce and have some nostalgia and look back at some of the wrestlers that I used to look up to when I was a kid. All right. As for me, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. I thought it was fine. Just like Pluggo, I agree. These nostalgia, the nostalgia's there. So that was enough for me. There was no real shenanigans that got me really upset, like the 1996 Royal Rumble or the 2016 Royal Rumble. I feel like at these at this point in my life, that's all I could really ask for. Um, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. And as I mentioned, Bill learns Kingdom Hearts season three, March 27th, uh, 2022. We're taking a look at Kingdom Hearts 2. So that's a very family-friendly show with myself and Bill. Bill, where can people find you and head us out of here? All right. Um, as far as the match goes, it, no harm. It wasn't terrible. It was just very short and kind of felt weird. You guys can follow me on Twitter at House. That's of- what she said. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You got me in 1998 attitude mode. I couldn't help it. I tried to hold back. Go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. You can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Billiam85. And check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which comes each and every Friday. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, and the tag team Royal Rumble 
has been eliminated.